Hey, shout out to my holla at you. Welcome to the Shorte, the Shorte, as we continue our venture in a uh, conflict that some say goes millennia back. Yep. Boy, if I could meet Abraham, if I could go back in time and meet that Abraham, I'd bend him over my knee and I would spank him. Oh, really? I might even go make Abraham go pick up a switch. And then I get, and then I, he hand me that switch and I whoop him and be like... Look at you splitting all this shit up, bro. What the hell? What the fuck, Abraham? I got no loyalty to those old farts, those old heads back in the day. Mm Mm-mm. I ain't even got loyalty about my own ancestors. They own slaves. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck those motherfuckers. So we've been going through uh, our shorties all month long regarding the Israeli-Palestine situation. Uh, We're recording these all in the same day. Yeah. So who this is kind of, this is the kind of subject that could either get swept back under the rug or some other fucked up shit happened that is now like taking everything by storm. So so maybe a Palestinian kid threw a rock and then the Israeli government sent a fighter jet and blew up his entire apartment complex uh with some missiles. You know, I've I've been thinking so much about about that example that was in one of the short docs we watched of, you know, kids throwing rocks and then a man getting out of his car and, like, with an M16 and just, like, shooting up a wall to scare the shit out of them. And just, you know, you spoke last time about just that power dynamic and, like, it's so out of whack. Yeah. And, you know, I was listening recently to um, to something and they were were talking again about that that 16-year-old girl who was involved in a knife fight. Yeah. And someone called the police, and she had a knife. Yeah. And the policeman got out of the car, and within 15 seconds had murdered her. Yeah. And I say murdered because he murdered her. Right. There was literally no reason for him to shoot her. But it's that same sort of power dynamic of what we're having here. And I know we've, we, we've talked, not on here yet, but about how, you know, there is like a Black Lives Matter support for these Palestinian folks because they are being disproportionately... They have a they kind of connect with the Palestinian issue. Yeah. So in some parts of the country here in the U.S., where you see Black Lives Matter movements, you also see like Palestinian flags getting waved and stuff like that. Yeah, it was really disproportional like power. Yeah. Dynamic. You know the uh, the Israeli government about a week ago from what we're when we're reporting, they gave word out to this building that was housing all these media. I think Al Jazeera was in this building. I think I know the Associated Press was in there. Mm-hmm. Well, the Israeli government blew up the building claiming that there was a Hamas cell in there somewhere. Mm -mm. But the horrors of Gaza took a twist yesterday when Israeli fighter jets destroyed a tower that was home to international media outlets, including the Associated Press and Al Jazeera. Journalists were warned to leave ahead of the strike that's being called an assault on press freedom. Israel says the building was being used by Hamas intelligence, but offered no evidence. They blew up this, they wrecked this neighborhood that a doctor lived, killed him and most of his family, and just claimed that Hamas was operating in there somewhere. Mm. Now, think about it. Now, now Israeli has Mossad, which are kind of like 
These dudes are hardcore. They will go into Iran and kill a very specific nuclear scientist. These dudes don't fuck around. You know, if you kill a doctor who's servicing these people, you know, and, and if you think you're at war. Yeah. Then it could be very advantageous to, like, kill doctors and shit that would treat your enemy. I mean, yeah. the, the U.S. does this all the time. That's why Israel and the U.S., I mean, they're interconnected. The United States funds them. Joe Biden will talk about, like, how both sides need to calm down, but he gives money. He continues to fund money like every other president to for Israeli war weapons. So it's like, I mean, and Trump was just straight up, like, pro-Israeli. But the while the rhetoric is different, the actions are exactly the same. So basically, we, we paid for their iron shield. Mm-hmm. And all the missiles and shit like that. You're welcome for that Iron Shield, which looks cool. We should get an Iron Shield for Nashville. I mean, I know we ain't going to be using it. Anyway, let's talk about some weird activists. Some, um, a bit more uh, Jewish ultra-Orthodox. Yes. We're going to North London in the Stamford Hills area. Very Jewish part of London. I'm guessing the most Jewish part in all of the United Kingdom and Great Britain, so... But this is where you find... The rebel rabbis. Yes, rebel rabbis, the anti-Zionist Jews against Israel. Uh, this is made by Vice and uh, also features reporter Malene Larson. Melina Larson. So these guys, I think we saw these guys, what are they, they're called the Naturi Karta, a long time ago when we watched that Bill Maher documentary, yes. Religious, Religious. Yes, I was thinking about I, that. I think one of these dudes appeared in that one. And Bill, who's very anti-religious and secular, but also is just a blind supporter of Israel as well, makes excuses for him. That guy's turned into just a royal disappointment. Talk about mm. someone that I watched throughout my childhood, and now at this point, like, could not be more like, y'all stop watching Bill Maher. His mm. ego's big enough. He used to give out these war awards that were shaped like that prince symbol when he did Politically Incorrect. Yeah. That was called the Get Over Yourself Award. <laughs> he needs one. That dude needs like a, like a, the 21st century uh, Get Over Yourself for Life. Wow. Bill Maher. Yeah. Retire. Anyway, North London. Ultra-Orthodox Jewish sect against Israel. Why the fuck would Orthodox Jewish people be against the modern state of Israel? Because they believe that... Israel shouldn't exist because they were ban banished from there. Yes, God banished God them. God banished them. It's up in that old book. And so until the Messiah returns, right. they are not allowed to go back. Or they're not supposed to go back. It's like uh, on a technicality, um, the Messiah didn't come back. So you cannot so you cannot form Israel. People who are hardline pro Israeli definitely use the the God advantage mm -hmm. as an excuse. But these people are being like, well, according to the Torah that I'm reading, the Messiah is not here where that's when we reclaim Israel. Yeah. And yeah. so because of this technicality, these ultra Orthodox rabbis will go to protests and be on the side of like Palestinians and mm -hmm. leftists who are out there protesting against the Israeli state. And the Israelis do not like make that connection yeah. at all they basically consider these folks to not be real real jews they say they're basically fundamentalist yeah and insane the crazy part is these guys actually seem like really nice 
Yeah, yeah. Sort of. Like, sure. and they, they want to tell you about what they're doing, and they they say they're, like, anti-violence, but they do believe in protesting, well, and they think that all these people who, yeah, all these people who are living in Israel, but that's funny to me, and I didn't think about that. So, if, if, if you believe the Bible the way these guys do, you shouldn't live in Israel because the Messiah has not come back, and yet all these Jewish people who do not believe the Messiah has come back believe that they need to have Israel. Yeah. But unless, because it was theirs before. Unless you call Great Britain and the United States and various Western powers the Messiah, <laughs> then uh, then that is not the scenario, I suppose. Uh, but, I mean, these guys are a hard line, though. So, like, when they have conversation with the women in this sect, they're not on camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to, ob- they strictly observe the Sabbath and all this shit. And apparently, in the early foundation of Israel... It wasn't an unusual position for a lot of ultra-Orthodox sects to kind of have that perspective, but most Orthodox sects sects have pretty much accepted modern Israel, except for these dudes, the Naturi Karta, who uh, we talked last week about how you're going to hear a lot of Jewish gatekeeping uh, throughout these episodes, and this is where the most gatekeeping this episode. But it is my opinion that if you're Jewish, you're Jewish. Even if you're doing the things I like or the things I hate, sure. I don't think anyone, whether it be um, pro-Israel protesters or people who are hardline pro-Israel, notori Karta, who don't consider them true Jews, like, you're all Jewish, all right? It's okay. You just have different perspectives on the shit. Yeah. But boy, do... All the Jewish people we meet sure do love to gatekeep each other, for sure. Definitely. Torah would define that. They interpret scripture um, in the right way. And the rest of us have it wrong. It's very much their way or, or no way. Um, so we wouldn't be considered Jewish. Um, my children wouldn't be considered Jewish. Our rabbis are not recognized. They're the same as ISIS, really, in religion. They're not considered amongst the Jews to be Jews, because they take it to such an extent. They criticize shops uh, that don't uh, cater to Jewish style. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are hardcore. They're they, like, ooh. imagine you just want to do like, oh, I'm going to open up a sundress shop Yeah. here in the north of London. The majority of Jewish people aren't going to give a fuck. And then these Naturi Carta guys come up and be like, how come you're not selling modern dress that our wives can purchase? And Yeah, they're basically like, you're doing something bad. They also did say, and okay, I said they appear to be nice. They appear to be nice because obviously this is like propaganda for them. Sure. That's part of it is that this rabbi is definitely wanting to seem as nice as possible. Not that he seems rude ever, but they talk about how they actually will also approach women who are not dressed in a manner yeah. that is appropriate within their neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. And so there's a lot of people hating on them. Like, they get they get yelled at. They There's signs on their building. He talks at one point about how when he went to get the new sign, he bought six of them. Yeah. Because he knew that it would get ripped down because it always does. Yes. Because people hate them because of who they are and then also how they treat people. That's true. They, they are kind of very much like... Uh, they're the lecturing type, for sure. Yeah, they they believe 100% that they are correct, and that is unwavering. you got to imagine, like, if the Messiah does come, right, and they believe that is the Messiah, and the Messiah's like, all right, we can take this shit now, uh, fucking glass all of Palestine right now. It, it just seems like it's just based on this kind of ancient technicality that puts them on the same side as pro-Palestinian protesters. Yeah, I I do. I do think that if 
if they felt it then became their duty to reclaim Palestine, that they would then make it their duty. Yeah. He actually says at one point, he's very clear in his, he's very specific in his words. Like he says something like, we're not pro-violence, but we do what we have to do. Mm-hmm. We will do what we have to do. We're not really sure what that means. Exactly. It's very, that's a very like vague statement. So Melina Larson is hanging with these uh, ultra-Orthodox Notori Carta and they're in they're in this car and they straight up bump into the car behind them. Okay, going to pack here. Hard packing. Rabbi Back, I think you might have driven into the car behind us. Twelve inches away. You see on camera that they are pushing a car back. Also, when they got in the car, he made her sit in the very, very back of the van basically. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I have to go all the way back there, even though there were plenty of seats, but she can't sit in front of a man. Right. And he was like apologizing to her and yet making her do it. <laughs> right, it kind of right. pissed me off that he was apologizing about it because it's like, if this is what you believe and you believe that she must do this, then why are you apologizing? But these people are called extremists. Melina talks to a liberal rabbi. Baginski. Baginski. And she describes herself as a critical Friend of Israel, which, what does that, it means like that, it, it means you probably don't accomplish much, but also extremely yeah. very critical of the, of the Naturi Carta. Also, she's a female who's a rabbi, so that alone is like, they're going to be at odds with her right there. But you can understand uh, why she probably doesn't care too much for the Naturi Carta. Well, she says that they don't believe that she's truly Jewish. They don't believe that anyone except them are truly Jewish because they're not following the rules. And so their rabbis aren't really rabbis. and Also, I should point out when I when I kind of criticize the idea of being a critical friend of Israel, which is pretty much the U.S. government or at least like the, like the establishment democratic approach. And even Bernie, who's someone I, who I vote for in the last few primaries, is, seems to be very, push a very moderate stance with mm. Israel. I think Israel is a, the Israel-Palestine conflict is a fine example of how the the moderation or this attempt to uh, uh, try to see both sides of something really only benefits one side. Mm. It benefits the side with power because you're moderating the scenario, but uh, but to be a critical friend of Israel, that might not be enough uh, to make Israel stop. So it's just maybe just kind of a position you take to make yourself feel good about that. Of course... Maybe we'll get into the last episode of our shorties this month, where I maybe just spit out what we think should happen. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's uh, no easy solution. We are neither Palestinian nor Jewish. I think I'm like, what, 1.5% Ashkenazi or something? Yeah. Not enough for Israel to want to claim me. <laughs> so uh, it's Nakba Day. Nakba means the disaster in Arabic. Nakba Day is the day Palestinians mourned their displacement when the State of Israel was created. But this is also Israeli Independence Day, when Israelis have a party to celebrate the creation of their country. People are very pro-Israel. Uh, they party down on that day. And they're, and so the uh, our, our friends in the Tsuri Karta are making a banner for a three-and-a-half-hour march. And they can't touch electronics or speak directly into a microphone they have to have a Gentile between them, and we see this young man walking between The Gentile people. between them and the woman. Oh, that's because right, it's right. A, Because it's the Sabbath. 
And then uh, one of the rabbis says, I thought it was kind of funny. It's, he says, it's not easy to be Jewish. Don't become Jewish. <laughs> and the only reason they have to walk three miles is because they can't get in a car that day because it's the Sabbath. Like, so, they're just going to the protest. Yeah, yeah. They just have to walk three miles to get to the protest. Because once they get there, then they pull their signs out that they hold. Because they can't carry anything either. Mm -hmm. Because it's the Sabbath. So, there's a lot of rules going on. And yeah, it's actually the main rabbi that's like, don't be Jewish. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, he so they so they go to the site and they see uh, pro-Palestinians on one side, pro-Israeli on the other side. And of course, the pro-Israelis get a good look at them. And the, 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 the word scum and traitors, uh, th those words come out very quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, there's one Israeli protester who has the Star of David tattoo on his face. You have the Star of David tattooed on your face. I'm trying to keep as kosher as I can. He's like the, um, he's that dude that sang White Iverson. <laughs> Post Malone, he's like the, <laughs> the, the Hebrew Post Malone. <laughs> She asks him why he has the Star of David tattooed on his face. And doesn't he say something like, I'm just trying to keep it real? He's trying to keep it as kosher as, as possible. As kosher as possible. Isn't there used to, this may have changed because there is an aspect of Judaism I like that uh, that kind of interweaves with modernity in a lot of ways. Because most Jewish people we know, are they're not very like hardline, but they are very conscious of their Jewish culture. But I used to hear, because I don't know the shit. That if you had a tattoo, you couldn't be buried in yeah. your cemetery. Yeah, I know. I don't know how widely that's still practiced, but I know that is a thing. I don't know. Like, if you're a rabbi and you're trying to stick hard to that rule and you're like, this motherfucker has a Star of David tattooed on his face, I think we'd let him in. I don't know. He had a bunch of other tattoos, too. So. Yeah, probably like Post Malone lyrics on his arm. <laughs> uh, this one lady in the pro-Israeli, pro of the pro-Israeli protesters, Straight up compares them to ISIS. They're the same as ISIS, really, in religion. They're not considered amongst the Jews to be Jews, but they take it to such an extent. And they have a very, very, very bad reputation. They go beyond normality. I mean, if they could, they would strap bombs around themselves and blow each other up. As that if they could, they would strap bombs to themselves and blow us up. Well, I think the type of person that would do that would not stop and ask themselves the question, now, if I could do this, you yeah, know. Yeah, they would just be They would just it. fucking do it. So it seemed like a pretty extreme statement to make. But now we're going to get into these parts where hold your role, hold hold your role, uh, fellow Nakuri. Fellow, I'm not uh, hanging. Uh, mm -hmm. Hold your role a little bit, Nakuri Karta, because they have this thing where they will attend certain conferences in Tehran mm -hmm. and hung out with some right-wing dude up in um, Hungary and will kind of like chum around with people who do things like deny the existence of the Holocaust. We don't roll that dice around here. No. We don't roll that dice around here, bro. And I think that they, they, they have their mission as the justification, but you still got to be careful of the strange company you keep because... The uh, existence of the Holocaust is a very well documented and uh, un undeniable. Particularly, they show them with Ahmed Adinejad. I always say his name wrong. Ahmedinejad. Ahmedinejad. They particularly show him, and he is one who has denied the Holocaust, right? Yes. And these guys basically defend him and say, well, when we talk to him, that's not what he meant. Right. But they actually. They believe in the Holocaust, but they believe that the Holocaust was a punishment of the Jewish people. I read on the Netrig Carta website that you believe that the Holocaust happened because it was God's punishment for Jewish people not being religious enough. Is that correct? 
Yes, yes. It's not about... This is what we say. It may be the Holocaust was a punishment for, for this, to go away from God, to rebellion against God. Bruh. Bruh. Punishment literally by even God. saying that made me feel nauseous. Now, this is where, like, the evangelical parallels come in. Yeah. Because it's also, like, this determine... There, there's no free determination in this thought, you know? It's like, things are laid out for you. Mm-hmm. So... It's a, it's a hard position to contend with, to think that, I mean, I don't even believe in God, but this idea that God anoints your suffering uh, is is a bit much to me. And I can certainly understand why any type of Jewish person, uh, whether they be leftist and sympathetic to Palestine or hardline pro-Israel, would not accept that statement, and I can uh, agree with that. The reporter Melina Larson points out that, of course, their cause is a convenient propaganda tool mm-hmm. for places around the world that and leaders that do kind of deny that these atrocities happened. And But the Naturi Carta will attend a Jewish festival uh, by burning an Israeli flag. They do talk to wives, but they are not on camera. Yeah, she wants to go. There, there, it's some special day. And they are celebrating, but only the men can go. And she's like, "Can I? I can't go." And he's like, "No, but you can sit in the in the window and watch." Yeah, basically calls it like a warehouse or something. And so she can sit in the window and watch with the other women. And that's the only time we hear any of the women voices is talking to her. And basically they're just like, we wish we could be there. But our job is to cook and clean and serve the men so that they can serve God. And their question about the violent imagery of uh, burning the flag. You know, I've never been one that really got outraged by any flag burning myself, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a symbol. Yeah. He's burning a symbol, which... In and of itself is I don't I also agree is not a violent protest. Right. It is a protest. But it definitely has a purpose. It's to an kind impactful of shock. it's yes. an impactful protest. It's a well planned and very pointed protest, but it is still it is still a protest. It's not violent. But if I mean it's like a it could incite violence. <laughs> I think when someone's burning like the American flag, right? Look at it in a pure capitalist sense. You sh- it really should just be like, well, they paid for it. They can do what they want with it. True. <laughs> Just asserting, uh, you know, I'm just not that jingoistic anyway. So that that's the type of flag burning that's usually like bitched and moaned about where we live, right? So, I mean, I got the flag of my father who was a Vietnam veteran mm-hmm. um, in a case. That flag means something to me, not for jingoistic purposes, but to in, in connecting to someone who passed away when I was very young, mm-hmm. who I don't know that much about, to be honest. But a fucking flag flying over a car dealership means less than shit to me, to be quite honest. Flags whose manufacturer probably outsourced to overseas anyway. So. Right. But that's the uh, <laughs> that's the short documentary. Uh, Rebel Rabbis. Rebel Rabbis. Anti-Zionist Jews Against Israel. This is by Vice and uh, Melanie Larson. Uh, now, we well, they're short documentaries, so they're like half of the grown documentaries. So I'm going to give it one through three baby Herzogs. You're going to give this one through three baby Herzogs combined yeah. for best out of six. I'm going to give this one a solid two, I think. Oh, okay. I felt like I learned a lot. Actually, I'm going to give it a 2.5, really. I don't really have much complaints about it. Yeah, there may be, well, it's like, it's very vicey because it's a vice doc, and you'll probably see those. <laughs> vicey, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And vice is interesting because, like, 
we talked about it in past, old episodes of the documenteers. They had used to have this rule of twenty two where they would work you twenty two <laughs> hours a day, hire you if you were twenty two and pay you only twenty two thousand dollars a year, right? Yeah. And they've they've had these issues, but Vice has also kind of been this place that does discuss things yeah. that a lot of the other mainstream press do not discuss. Even though they're there's some a small part of them is actually owned by Rupert Murdoch, if you can believe it. Wow. Yeah. Um wow. I did not know that. And one um, of their founders, Gavin McGinnis, is a proud boy now. He's like a he's like a like a white supremacist. Yeah, you told me about I mean, that. he long since left, but what's the other fucker who founded it with him? Like some hipster doofus. I can't ever remember his name. Anyway. I don't know. Okay, so it's funny that the way that you came to that conclusion because I was thinking about this of what would I give it and literally was going to give it am giving it a 2.5 yeah minus 0.5 because of the viciness <laughs> like that's the only reason because it's kind of just I don't know like vice has this sort of like almost too polished like we're super cool and hip yeah like we are the ones who are getting into the real shit and it's like but, okay but sometimes they are getting into the real shit sometimes they are which is why it's like i like watching their stuff they make yeah, good yeah. tv shows too they're like, into they, wrestling i love it <laughs> it's it's great but there is just sort of this like i'd probably if vice was a person i would think they were annoyed <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like a, it's like someone who's like, yeah, I think I want to roll with that person, and then you're in a three-hour car ride with them, and then you maybe wish they would just get out while, right. the, while the car was moving. <laughs> it's kind of a love-hate relationship with Vice, really. Yeah. And considering how I feel about other media outlets, that's that's uh, quite. That's <laughs> I I got a lot worse the shit to say <laughs> about other media outlets. That's for goddamn sure. It's funny because next week we're watching something that was put out by the New York Times. And the New York Times in the past few years have been putting out these little shorts that totally ape the Vice They're trying to be Vice. They're trying to be Vice. Yeah. Because I think Vice does appeal to a certain group of people. but um, And New York Times wants that. New York Times here. It's smart. Yeah. Because you have to get the younger crowd and... Something like Vice is more appealing to younger people. It all goes back to marketing and cultural politics, but it's smart. Yeah, and New York Times, one of the most embarrassing uh, editorial pages in all of media. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Uh, so yeah, that's about (laughs) five out of six Baby Hurt songs for uh, Rebel Rabbis. Not bad. Vice, good job. Good job, Vice. Vice is going to probably show up on a lot more shorties in the future, right? I did really appreciate this journalist for how much she pushed. Yeah, yeah. I liked how how much she pushed. Because she did ask them questions that they obviously didn't want to answer. Ask four things they didn't want to give her, and I appreciated that. I bet. I wonder if, like, uh, when someone's going to apply to be a vice journalist, that someone's like, are they hot? How many piercings do they have? (laughs) Are there visible tattoos? Does she have a septum gauge? (laughs) Anyway. Does he use beard wax? (laughs) All right. All right, folks. We'll we'll, we'll finish up this. uh... How many fedoras? (laughs) No, they might be a little cooler than fedoras. Okay, okay. It's a little dated cool. They no, they'll have the beanies that just rest on like the back of their head. Oh yeah, right. That's not fully up. It's like just mm-hmm. how is it even staying there? Is there like a clothespin in there? Like what's going on? <laughs> anyway, folks, 
We'll see you next week. Keep on docking. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Documenteers podcast. I am a sex robot. If you want to support the show, we recommend listening, subscribing and recommending this show to people that you feel like can handle the shit we spitting. Cool people like Juggalos. A great way to help the show is to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Any written review at five stars will be read on the show and it can pretty much be anything but hate speech. You can simply write butthole 37 times in a row with a five star rating and that would be perfectly acceptable and greatly appreciated. Contact us through our documenteers Instagram or email us at documenteerspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. I am a sex robot. Keep on docking. It's not easy to be Jewish. Don't become Jewish.